Hello! Welcome to the Dad Report, a podcast for dads, by dads, about dad stuff. Join us as we sit down and have meaningful conversations with friends, family, and coworkers. We will talk about life, family, and so much more while working towards a goal of creating a healthy idea of what it means to be a dad. Chad, Chad, it's the Dad Report with Chad and Justin. Hey, welcome to the first official episode of the Dad Report. That was not the rebranding episode. Hey, Chad, how are you doing? Hey, Justin, I'm happy to be here at the Dad Report. It looks looks new and a little bit fresh around here. <laughs> Smells like da- dads. I don't know. I hope dads don't have a smell. Uh, it, anyway. Oh, we do. Um, <laughs> we have a, is it like a musky smell? Is it like a... A beard oil smell, maybe? Yeah. I, what do dads smell let's like? Let's go with if the beard If you're oil. listening out there, I want you to leave us somewhere in a comment on our social media or if you're in our Discord, what does a dad smell like? I think we all have one that we like associate a smell with, but I honestly, I don't actually think I've ever put a name to it. Uh, well, before we get into our weekly report, because that's what this whole thing is about, uh, I do want to share a dad joke. So once again, I've mentioned the Discord a few times. We're serious about this. And maybe you're a little bit older. It's okay. Ask your kids. They will show you how to work it. Or message us. I will help you work it. Uh, but if you join us on Discord, it's an exclusive community. We're going to announce things first on Discord before we announce them on Instagram for like really big um, events or uh, new concepts. We also hang out and chat with you in there. And on top of that, there is the we are, are in deep discussions about merchandise and even doing some live episode recordings that would only be available to people in the Discord. So on the Discord, we got a whole feed dedicated to the love of dad jokes. And so today's dad joke is brought to us by one of not only one of our guests on the show previously, but also one of our people in the community over on Discord. All right, here we go. You ever wonder what kind of doctor Dr. Pepper was? Guess we can make an assumption he was for sure a physician. Oh, yes. That is one of my favorites. <laughs> I love that joke. That's a good one. That's a good one. I do love me some Dr. Pepper. That's a fan. That's a fan favorite over here. Yes, Dr. Pepper's good. Hmm. All right. Well, Chad, what is the weekly update with you, sir? How are things going? What is happening in your dad world? Yes. So my report for this week is that for the last few days, uh, Shauna, my wife, has been out of town. (gasps) Bachelor life. Oh, no, wait. You got kids. Never mind. So, yes. So she has been in Orlando. Uh, there is an exponential conference happening as we record, and she is down there serving with a a ministry known as the Truth Republic, and okay. it's a it's a uh, it's a ministry for women in ministry, women leaders, and they are down they are down there doing doing their thing, and she is down there serving with them, and so I am here. Uh, holding down the home front 
uh, you know, working, working from home right now. And uh, my boys are on spring break. Oh. And uh, so, you know, we're we're making it work. You know, it's homeschool. So we still do, even on spring break, we still do a little bit like they're doing a little bit of math, a little bit of reading, you know, just some. Uh, Got to keep the skills keeping sharp. Keeping the skills sharp. And. And that's that's what we're doing. And uh, Justin, we were talking a little bit before we hit the record button about how mm-hmm. that dynamic of yeah of how when both of us are here, even if say one spouse isn't actively you know doing whatever it is, making dinner or you know doing homework, whatever the case may be. It's just you got them there. It's like that security blanket, right? It's like so if something were to yeah. happen, they'd be yeah, there, yeah, yeah. and it just feels like it takes some of that weight off. And we were talking about how with that person not here, even though we have it covered, right? I know what I'm making for dinner. Um, my frozen pizza. Frozen pizza. My uh, my kids are ten and sixteen. Right. If if I was not here, they could make their own dinner if you know push came to shove now it may also be yes. frozen pizza you know it may be <laughs> it may be a peanut butter and jelly sandwich but they would uh hey they would, that's a classic you don't mess with the they classics. would make it happen right but just um i just i find that at the end of the day even though i'm not doing a whole lot more than i regularly do i just find myself exhausted both mentally and physically i feel like i need a little bit more sleep and um, the other thing that we were talking about is how, how when that happens, uh, I, I immediately feel um, empathy and just have a whole lot more respect for the single parent, for the person that is out there doing it every day. And it's just that it's just that one person on the day to day, right? They may have grandparents, may have whatever, but on the day to day, it's just them. And so... Uh, and I just, you know, I, I remember how, how difficult it is just being that one person. So just want to say that to anyone that we have listening that, um, you know, it's just you, whether, you know, it's a, it's a divorce or whatever the case may be. And you find yourself raising the kid or kids, um, by yourself, you know, uh, for the majority of your, of your week, uh, you know, um, our respect goes out to you. Our hat is off to you because, you know, yeah. it's it's difficult. So, well, Chad, you and I also were talking before. You and I both were at one point raised by a single parent for some portion of our childhood. Yes. So we also like we again that respect not only for our parents but again goes back out to those of you who are raising by yourself. And we would love to invite you to come onto the show if you're interested and share your story with us and share it with our listeners. So if you're listening to this and you're a single parent, we would mother, father, we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to get to know you and your story. But Chad, let's dive a little bit into how your week has gone. So I know our, again, your kids are more self-sufficient. If they had to, they could start a fire and uh, hopefully not in the house, but take care of themselves and survive. I feel like Pierce, you'd find him like looking like Rambo if he was left alone in the woods after a week and he'd have like skinned rabbits around him. That's just the image I get. Um, <laughs> probably Swiss not too Army far knife off. And Probably not. Um, whereas, you know, I have Amelia who's only nine months and I have like, I, you know, there's almost a second where you can't leave her 
alone because she's going to eat something she shouldn't eat or crawl into something or cry. Um, I do understand that feeling of like security blanket because like so recently Amelia started putting things in her mouth and has like started gagging and choking. And I'm definitely the parent who like freezes for a second and is like, oh, oh no, what do I do? And, you know, my wife is always like always has an answer. Oh, you know, turn her over, pat her back, do this, do that to make sure that she doesn't choke. Like, is she breathing? You know, that's my wife. So like, and I feel like, cause I'm like, if this, if I was by myself, our child would die. <laughs> but the thing is I've done several weekends by myself with Amelia where we've been fine. Um, but yeah, how's it going with two, you know, I know Jude's not a teenager yet, but you know, we'll, we'll say proto teenager. Yeah. So it's good. You know, I like, listen, so I don't know if everyone had this experience with their dad, but when I was a kid, when we were with our dad and mom was not around, there would be, there would be rules broken. Right. <laughs> I mean, there, no, rules there change. may not be a green vegetable dinner. And we just, we just did not tell mom that. No, but so, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so I will, I will say, you know, especially because it's spring break, I'm probably giving a little bit more screen time than, than Shauna would. Uh, and I, you know, I try to give them a little, you know, I try to give them, I really like them to enjoy this time because let's be, let's be honest about the meal situation. I am cooking, but no one is being deceived by thinking the quality of the food they're getting with me is anywhere close <laughs> what they're getting with their mother. And so, you know, there, there there's, there's give and take. You're helping grow their appreciation for Shauna's cooking. <laughs> oh, that's what yeah, it is. after, after a couple of days, they definitely have that appreciation. So, you know, and I, uh, you know, I, I kind of let it go, you know, partially because I am working a good bit while I'm here. You know, I still have full work days and, and they're on spring break and, and I want them, I want them to be able to cut loose and relax. And so, you know, I just, I just let it go for a few days and, and the, uh, the house it's, we try to keep it clean, but it's just not, it's just not the same. You know what I mean? It's just not, I feel like, uh, I feel like there's underwear in places. Underwear shouldn't be. I get it. It's fine. Yeah. The kitchen table is absolutely a place for laundry. Why not? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you know, I just feel like maybe you know the it's just not as as well oiled of a machine when she is not mm. here. Uh, when she's here, it just I feel like it runs much more smoothly. And I don't know, I don't know if that if that is reality or not. Shauna could tell you, but. Well, in Shauna's head, it's probably not as well oiled as she. Well, I don't know. I can't. I shouldn't speak for your. I, f- I shouldn't speak for Shauna. Um, I feel like with Megan, it'd be the same way. Where it's like, even when, even when both of us are here, right? And like, because I would agree with you. Like when Megan's not here, yeah, it's it's the, the machine looks a little different. Things look a little different. I let dishes sit longer because I'm like, yeah, I got tomorrow to put those away or well, you know whatever. But I think even when Megan is home and it is running at what we would classify as well oiled for them. It may not seem as well oiled because there's whatever else they've got going on. Uh, what's been the hardest part for you this week or the, or the biggest thing that you've noticed where you're like, Oh gosh, I have taken that for granted lately that Shauna handles X, Y, Z. So it's really just knowing that I am the one that is thinking about all of the things. 
who's got to be somewhere when what's going to be served on the table. You know, it's just, I, f- I feel like my brain is always on versus when mm. Shauna is home with me and it's just like, okay, I can breathe. You know, I know what yeah. I need to do. She knows what she needs to do. And we just kind of are, are simultaneously running. And when, and I was surprised when she told me she felt the same way that when I am gone, she's like, Oh my gosh, it's so hard. And I'm like, really? I feel like you do everything. But you know, she, she, uh, she has told me that she feels the same way that it's just when the Mm. other person is here, it's just, it's almost like, okay, it's not all on me. So they um, can ask and know that you'll be able to actually help them. Whereas when they're alone, they're truly alone. Right. And you know, it's, it's a luxury because we are, we are able to, to make it happen. Uh, it can definitely, you know, things get done. Kids get where they need to go. You know, the, uh, you know, the laundry happens, the dishes happen, right? All that stuff, all that stuff does get done. Right. But it just, it just seems easier when you have, when you have that other person there with you. So. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Well, Chad, we, there's something that we, we want to get into, or I guess listeners, this is something that Chad and I want to get into for a little bit here. Um, we want to make sure that we don't gloss over the current situation happening in the world at large right now. Uh, it's easy as Americans to live in our bubble and ignore the things that happen outside of our bubble. It's one of the, honestly, it's one of the privileges of being Americans is we really want to, we can tune out. It's, it's both a privilege and it's both also, it's also a curse. Um, And I would say it's more so to the detriment because it's, it's made a generation of very selfish, self-centered people in my, in my humble opinion. So you can tweet at me later and cancel me, I guess. Um, Oh, I will. (laughs) Hashtag he called me selfish. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to bring up, Chad, and I, and you, honestly, I'm surprised we haven't talked about it more offline. So I'm excited for this conversation, but I want to bring up the current situation happening in the Ukraine. Uh, for those who are listening and you've been living under a rock, which I don't, by the time this episode comes out, this thing has been going on for three weeks, at least four weeks almost, um, Russia, at the beginning of the year, put several troops on the border of the Ukraine, stated, made comments about wanting to limit NATO slash Western influence because Ukraine wanted to join NATO, and Putin kept promising he wouldn't invade, wouldn't invade, and then practically right after the Olympics ended, you give it a couple of days, and then he was like, oh, I put peacekeepers into Ukraine, is what he called his soldiers, and really what it was is he, he began an invasion of the Ukraine. Um, and depending on who you ask and talk to, it, it feels very resemblant of the invasions that started World War II by uh, Germany back in the 1940s. So uh, that is what's been happening. Ukraine has put on one heck of a fight. Uh, President Zelensky, my hat's off to him. I know he's married. I believe he has children. Uh, the, the way he is handling the situation, the fact that he is personally over there and fighting. Um, right now, the whole world has given him very due admiration, and I believe it's well-deserved. But Ukraine has definitely dug in. I know Russia's frustrated, or at least the sources are telling us that Russia is frustrated they don't make more progress. 
Um, so yeah, let's talk about this kind of Russia-Ukraine situation and then how we as dads and parents navigate not just Ukraine, but like tough conversations in general with our kids when it relates to more than just them. Yeah, yeah, this is a big one. And um, by no means is this the is this the first, you know, major world conflict, you know, huge thing, super complex that has come up that, you know, that, that we have to talk to our kids about. But, you know, for me, my great thing about the ages that I have is we're really able to talk fairly candid about some of these things. But, you know, it hasn't always been that way. Um, and you're, you're, you're coming into, uh, you know, the toddler years, right? And mm-hmm. where you're going to have these real feelings, also trying to figure out, okay, this is how I feel, but what's my opinion on this whole thing? Like, um, I would agree. I mean, I think the, the popular world opinion is that Zelensky is doing, um, you know, he is defending his land, his people. I think that's, you know, I think that's what we're hearing, hearing on the news, kind of seeing out there. I mean, that's that, that, that is, uh, you know, I, I haven't come across too many people that really do not agree with that. Right. I mean, that's, that, right. that's what we're hearing. Um, but in terms of like, okay, how do I feel like, do we just need to, do we just need to go in guns a blazing? Do we, you know, what do we do? Um, right. what's our, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and as, as of today, it is it is a much more conservative approach, uh, conservative approach, right? Sanctions, right? And uh, and 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 NATO coming in and 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 trying to help out in terms of resourcing them to be able to defend themselves and, and that type of thing. But kind of stepping back a little bit from the Russia Ukraine situation and just in general, how do we talk to our kids about some of these hard things, whether it be evils in the world, whether it be just things that are awkward and difficult and we may not necessarily know what the right uh you know quote unquote right thing is uh to do and i will say i have i have tried since my since my kids were you know age appropriate of course but really tried to speak candid about you know about both sides of something and and helping Mm -hmm. them to create and form their own opinion and to help them see the different sides. So for example, you know, maybe it's something political and, you know, uh, it's, it's funny. I remember in the last, in the last election, uh, was, he was, he was like, he was like, Oh no, we need, we need Trump. Trump is going to be president. <laughs> He's the guy. And I'm like, okay, tell me why. And he's like, what? Nine at that yeah, time, yeah, eight, eight or nine. nine. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so what is it you like about Trump? Uh, well, he's just, he's just better. I was like, okay, what do you not like about Biden? Oh, Biden's dumb. You know? <laughs> oh my you know gosh. I mean? And so whether you agree or disagree with either of those statements, um, you know, what it is that I try to do is try to get them to, okay, like this person is stupid. Mm-hmm. How are they stupid? Right. Trying to get them to, to really think critically method exactly yes yeah that's that's a big word the socratic method Uh, socratic method and so ask questions uh, basically with uh 
and both of my kids are fairly analytical and so it hasn't been too much of a stretch for them so if i ask them mm. like a thought-provoking question they'll sit there they'll think about it they will you know most of the time give you know give some thought to it and give a pretty well thought out response um that is yeah. that is good but you know one thing that i learned uh and i don't know maybe this comes surprise to you maybe not but one thing i learned actually from veggie tales believe it or not i love VeggieTales. so good old phil visher the creator of veggie tales uh mm -hmm. i heard an interview with him one time where he was talking about so how do i choose how much of the gospel uh you know how much of the bible that i actually put into that He's like, I really hmm. do, I really do what I think is, you know, in an age-appropriate way, helping children to understand, um, you know, man, sin, the need for redemption, Jesus, heaven, hell, right, all of those things, but in an age-appropriate way, you know, you don't want to tell, you know, you it, it's it's difficult to tell a two-year-old that you know, well, I'm sorry, little Johnny, but you get a runny nose because man has fallen because blah, 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 right? So you right. do it in an age-appropriate way, and as they get older, you, you know, you kind of test the waters, and you you begin to um, build, build, on build on it exactly, and, and to a place where they're thinking, not in a place where, like, a two-year-old is going to have nightmares, is no longer able to sleep in their bed by themselves, right? right. You know, like, uh, 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 daddy, no, you cannot bring this up again. I just, you know, I'm scared, right? That's going to have, that's going to have some adverse effects. So, um, but, you know, trying to live out in an authentic way, as authentic as possible. And, um, but where, where we're at, and like I said, we've really tried to do this, um, in an age appropriate way, you know, really going back, uh, as far can I, as far as I can remember, where we would just have a conversation, and the kids would be like, "What's that word mean? Wait, what are you guys talking about?" And we will, you know, kind of bring them into it, tell, mm -hmm. you know, tell kind of both sides of whatever the issue is, and and you know, ask them, ask them what they think, and when they give, you know, in kind of off the cuff opinion, saying, "Okay, well that's interesting, but have you thought about this?" And, um, and like, we've been able to do that from a pretty young age because Pierce, um, he was, uh, crazy expressive with his words and had a pretty decent vocabulary, even from a young age. And so we were okay. able to do that with him. Um, and, uh, you know, with, uh, with Jude, um, he was just in a different place. So we, we would have to, um, you know, kind of catch him up and, uh, but he also, he has his own thoughts, his own opinions and, you know, very intelligent. And so we will, uh, we, we will have those discussions. You know, those are great, like dinner time conversations. Hey, so what do you think about this? So, you know, what do you think is the right thing to do? Oh, really? Well, why do you think that? And again, age appropriate, but, uh, sure. but really just bringing them into the conversation. That's, that's one thing I feel like we do try to do is making them feel like they have a voice that they can participate in mm -hmm. the conversation. And there are, there are times where, you know, like we've been at family gatherings and stuff and, and maybe something is said that goes against some of our, our values, our beliefs, the way 
we would respond to something and we talk about that. Well, why does, why does so-and-so say that? Or why did they have such bad language or why did they get so mad or whatever, Mm. whatever the case may be. And those things are, are, are actually great because it allows us to really point them back to the gospel. Hey, well, why does, why does so-and-so think this? It's like, well, they don't really know Jesus. And so they may have a different opinion than we do on this, on this situation. So, um, but yeah, we've really just tried to be as authentic with them as we can in the most age appropriate way. But, but, you know, really, you know, if you just kind of fake it and then just have all of your, you know, real authentic conversations behind a closed door, like eventually they're just going to pick up on it. And so we have tried to do our best, you know, in failing um, along the way, I'm sure. But we've really tried our best just to have those have those conversations. And I real again, kind of circling back to the VeggieTales thing, it really that really helped with, cause I always wonder like, why do you talk about certain things, but not other things? Like, I feel like you just skip over this right. issue and it's like, well, like a three-year-old is not ready to talk about adultery. Sure. Like they don't know what sure. adultery is. Right. I mean, I'm watching veggie tales with Amelia when granted it's the new Netflix version, which I know there's some heated debate Bacon. over the, uh, authenticity. Yes. That guy <laughs> is weird, but uh she likes the bright colors and she pays attention to it and sure. i watch, you know and i'm watching it with her and there are some things i'm like oh that's reminiscent of the og veggie tales honestly i don't think his message changed he just adapted with the times um but yeah there's definitely like yeah they can't talk about that with my nine-month-old watching or you know not that she she understands more than i'm sure we realize she does but she doesn't know how to articulate things but eventually you know, you know eventually she'll be two or three and repeating words and i don't need her running around at a family event fornication yeah let's not repeat that word out loud especially when you don't know what it means right um that's good age appropriate for hard conversations and i like how you said that you also want to make sure you like that socratic method let yes. them you know ask them questions on their opinions you know i get that in class all the time I got students, oh, I want the angry orange man back, right? That's how they refer to Trump. Or Nice, the uh, angry orange man. Maybe they, the angry orange man. Or maybe they are fans of Biden, you know, regardless of where they sit. And then I'll, I'll, I don't get into politics in the classroom. I don't think it's the place for it. Uh, I always just remind them, well, you guys can't vote, so your opinion doesn't matter. Uh, like, I crack up when they're complaining about gas prices, and I'm like, you don't have to pay the gas prices. I do. <laughs> um, one of them did wisely say today, he goes, yeah, but my, you know, so-and-so guardian does. And I was like, well, then you're not going anywhere anytime soon because um, <laughs> of how expensive gas has gotten lately. But uh, and obviously they do have an opinion. And with some things I do try to explore, one of the things I was taught in history um, that I don't know if it really relates to this, but it, it might a little bit when it comes to talking about two sides. Um I had a professor one time who challenged us beginning of the year. He goes, I want you to wrestle with the question of what is truth. Uh, and I'm not meaning absolute truth. This was a secular college. We were also talking about like the early Renaissance reformation era. So I'm not, this is this. If you're a theological listener and you're like, he's going to combat absolute truth and tell us about how he preaches. I'm not one of those preach your own truth kind of people. Okay. Uh, I believe in the Bible as, like as God having laid out some absolute truths. So if I lost you as a listener, sorry, that's just my personal beliefs. Um, but 
he asked this question, what is truth? And he kept bringing it up as we went through different points of conversation in class, whether it was the trial of Galileo or the building of the Dome of the Rock and all these things. And what he always drove at, he, is he, he, he would tell us, he goes, who actually knew how it happened when it happened? Only the people who lived it. Now, we can have a really good collection of sources. We can have some really as unbiased as possible research. But everything you read is always going to have a hint of personality, a hint of bias on it. For sure. Uh, or or somewhere a gap in documentation. And so the only, like the American Revolution, we got a ton of, of research and historians write about that. But who actually knows what happened at the Battle of Yorktown? The soldiers who fought and died at the Battle of Yorktown. And so sometimes I think when we bring up sides, you know, that to help us with our biases or opinions, it's, well, who actually knows what's happening right now? Like uh, right now, at the, so to bring Ukraine and Russia back up, my wife likes to bring up all the time. Well, uh, some, oh, what was it she likes to say? Something with the, don't the Russians know that what they're doing is bad? I'm like, actually, yes. Like we have, apparently we have some research showing that, uh, like the CIA has reported that there are Russians being arrested for protesting against Putin. But who actually knows what's happening in Russia? The Russians. They're the only ones who actually know what's going on over there. Yeah. So um, I, I like to bring that up with students from time to time when they when they try to get, uh, I, whether it's argumentative or combative about, you know, well, why why were women being oppressed in this way? And it's like, you didn't live it. You got to step out of that. So I feel like now I've gone off on a tangent. I'm about to cut all of, <laughs> well, this, let me, uh, all of this out. I feel like I don't know where I'm going. Let me read it back in because I just, I just Thank thought you. of something that I forgot to, I forgot to mention. And I don't think we talked mm. about this before, but, um, but that is just that, you know, the whole, the whole thing, like kids say the darndest things. Um, yeah. and they do, they absolutely do. But, uh, an- kind of another way to look at that is if you, we do not, we do not always have the appropriate expectations of our kids. We think, oh, okay, you know, Johnny or, or Susie or whoever it is, like they just, they just, their brain has not developed enough for them to form mm. a legit opinion, and so therefore it should not count. Yeah, and I, w- I will say that you know, that's a, oh, that's a that's a place to go right there. Um, but no, kind of, kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at is just that. When I love talking to kids, not and not even not even just mine. I mean, Pierce has a couple friends, and when I just kind of start some casual conversation, they'll let me know, you know, kind of what they're into, what they're doing, you know, where they're working, you know, how school's going, all that kind of stuff, and just you know, like you you were talking about with the Socratic method, just asking a question, asking another question, mm-hmm. and and just seeing where that goes, and like. These kids, especially teenagers, but all all kids, they have, they have some very solid opinions. They may not mm-hmm. be, you know, they not may not be a hundred percent factual, right? They they may not have thought them through all the way. But I really just love sitting and and talking to kids, hearing about what that you know what they're thinking, what their goals are, what their dreams are, you know, what they think about things. And, and, you know, what, what I've learned from my kids and, you know, from some of their peers is just that 
we don't they are capable of so much more than what our expectations are of them and i have to remind myself of that all the time now granted they're kids they're kids they're gonna mess up you know they are fallible just like we are absolutely but they have you know they they have opinions and absolutely they are uh they are capable of and that's the dirty little secret they are capable of much more than the majority of adults will give them give them credit for they've got they've got dream they've got drive uh they haven't been hurt enough by life to give up on some of that. Uh, I asked my students today, it was my last day in the class with my uh, 8A set, and I asked them, what are you going to do over the summer? And then what are your goals after high school? And uh, I had a lot of them who mentioned, like, they wanted to be an architecture. They wanted to be a neurologist. They wanted to go and do fashion and, like, all kinds of cool stuff, man. You know, it, it reminds me of when I was younger and wanted to be an actor. That was actually what I wanted to do was be in film. Uh, and it just it didn't pan out. But they have, you know, they have ambition. They have drive. And I think now more than ever with technology the way it is and social media, they can start build, building their platforms and getting their research and connections and networking at an even younger age. So, but they, you're right. They absolutely are fallible, but some of their opinions, I mean, some of their opinions are legit. I've had conversations with students. I wish I could recall them now where they brought up a counterpoint to not necessarily when I was teaching, but if you don't write certain things as airtight, you know, they, they find the holes and they're like, Hey, but what about, I'm just like, Oh, well, that's a good, that's a good point. I'll have to look into it. I don't know. I don't know why that is the way it is. I think for me, that's one of my I guess pieces of advice for when you're having a conversation that might be difficult um, with a a child or a student, if you're a teacher listening to this or a youth group leader, or whatever, uh, be okay saying you don't know or that you're willing yes. to do research into it. Yes. I mean, I've I've sat in class while they were copying down notes, and I had another tab open and was looking into the boston massacre and why uh john adams was the lawyer who got two of the british soldiers off the hook i've sat and studied or not really studied but i was doing research on the gregorian calendar versus the julian calendar because i had some students who their heritage still uses the older julian calendar so their christmas was two weeks after ours but that was also a chance for us as a class to learn about some people other than ourselves Good stuff. So, but instead of me being a teacher who's just like, no, I'm right and you're wrong, or don't worry about it, like, just be willing to be like, I don't know. Let me, let's look into it. Like, let's do research on it. Or how about you go home and research it and come back and let me know? So, um, so especially with some of these conversations, I think, you know, these tougher conversations, being willing to tell your child. Which takes some vulnerability because I think as a parent, you know, I don't, I don't have conversations like that with Amelia yet, but I'm sure I'd want to be that parent who, who knows, who looks all together, who looks put together, right? We want to be the superhero for our kid and the superheroes always got it all figured out. So, yeah, I, uh, I just, I just remember from, you know, Pierce was my first, uh, my first attempt at parenting. Right. So he's he's where a lot of my <laughs> stories come from. And Jude was the sequel. He was the sequel. And uh, 
But I remember, I remember this happening so much where we'll be talking about something and he will ask a question that just blows me away. I'm like, I, I can see already that his brain works completely different than mine does. And just, uh, I don't know. I think it's great when kids feel comfortable that they can, they can explore, they can ask questions. You will be amazed at the things that they put together in their mind and the questions. How did you think to ask that question? That's great. They're good questions. And sometimes. to be able to say, I don't know, because I got to tell you, uh, as a parent, you know, I can, I can put up with a lot. I can give a lot of grace. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that just gets me is when something happens, a child makes a mistake, and they refuse to take responsibility. Um, and it doesn't even have mm. to be a big thing. I'm like, you don't have to point the finger. You don't have to blame. It's okay. I saw that your part. you, you know, stupid example. I saw that you did not make your bed this morning. That is not because, you know, your brother kept you up late. Like you did not make yeah. your bed because you did not make your bed. Right. That's and right. So, that's right. Um, so that, that that's Preach. a big, that's a big thing. So the, the authentic thing is big and just taking time to ask some of those questions. And uh, for those that don't have kids, um, you know, there are others around you. Like I remember I loved it with when we were taking Pierce to students and we picked up, you know, one of the kids along the way and just talking, just talking to them. Yeah. Hey, so what's yeah. going on? And just hearing them kind of talk back and ask questions and do the thing. It's cool. I mean, kids are fascinating. So, and they are, oh, yeah. uh, they are capable of so much more than we give them credit for. So that's just something I have to keep reminding myself of is that, um, you know, Hey, they are kids, a, but, um, but the, you know, the, the other, the other side to that is, um, they're capable of so much more. And if we, if we kind of strap them down and say, Oh, you are this age, so you can only do this. Well, they're going to rise to whatever level, whatever standard we hold them to. So absolutely. Uh, anyway, there we are. Yeah, there you go. So Chad, how then has the conversations? That's kind of how you handle difficult conversations in your household. So specifically with Ukraine, because I know Pierce is of an age where I know he's not on social media, but he might be still following the news, or maybe it's me making a presumption. But you might be a family who brings up certain news items in your household at like a family dinner. Um, but how has that conversation of the current of you of the current Ukrainian crisis? How does that look for you guys in your home as you approach Jude and as you approach Pierce? Are you are you talking as candidly with both of them, or are you giving Jude more of like a flyover rundown, and then with Pierce you might dive into you know more specific details, and then you know I've got students who ask the same question that I'm sure other kids around between their age and Pierce's age are asking, will there be a draft? Is this world War three? You know, if that question has not been asked in your household, I'm actually kind of surprised because I'm, I'm having friends who are grown, grown adults coming over asking me, is this going to be world war three? What are we walking into? Maybe that's them stereotyping me because of the history major thing. And so therefore I should know how it's going to go. But, <laughs> um, uh, there you go. There's a slew of questions for you. Yeah. So there's a lot there. So, I would say the way we handle it is, you know, I think about our time around the dinner table because, 
you know, it's one of the times where there's not really a whole lot going on, right? We're staring at each other's mm-hmm. faces and, um, you know, we've got that, we've got that time where, you know, there's typically, you know, no electronics happening at the table, right? We're just sitting there eating, talking, talking about our day, that kind of thing. And, um, I'm trying to think of an example specific to Ukraine and I can't, I can't think of that, but you know, I know, uh, oh my God, oh my goodness. Like, can I just say, like, I am sick and tired of the YouTubers. Like, my kids, that's all, like, <laughs> uh, that's all they talk about is the YouTubers. Like the Doomsday Prepper YouTubers? No, I'm talking about, like, oh, Minecraft okay. and Mr. Beast and, and some of those ah. guys, right? Which, hey, you know, whatever. It's fine. Um, but so, you know, but, oh, uh, you know, I heard from this YouTuber that I follow that, you know, such and such about, you know, gun laws. And one thing will lead to another that will lead to another. Sure. And we talk about, you know, we'll talk about the second amendment. We talk about, Hey, so do you know what the original intentions were that for versus mm-hmm. what we have made it, you know, and just, you know, it's just an example, but that is one thing. That is one thing we've talked about. And one of the things that I try to do is to get him to see the other side. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, hey, so just because that's how you do it, your parents do it, your country does it, whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody who's on the opposite side of that is wrong. It's just, you know, why would why would may, why would there be a country who would who would not do that? And and let's talk, you know, let, let's talk through that. So with one thing I find myself doing with my kids is getting them to see kind of the other point of view even if it's something they don't believe, because I got, I, t- I got to tell you what, if they understand where the other person is coming from, especially uh-huh. when he's like, you know, doing debate or something like that, um, that makes you so much better at, uh, you know, when you understand the other person's point of view, where they're coming from, some of their reasoning, that really helps you to understand your side that much more. And like I said, you know, Pierce, he's, he's always been a big debater. Like he's one of those kids that can kind of argue till he's blue in the face and do it, you know, not get angry, not let emotions get the better of him, but just really talk things through and, you know, want to be right. And, and all of these things. Um, and so that's one thing that we have done is trying to get them to see the other side of it. And I'm trying, I mean, it's, it's difficult with this Ukraine situation, right? Because they've really been invaded. Um, and we haven't really well, had this conversation we, with our kids. But one thing that I have heard is someone talk about, hey, like the thing that really sucks is that there are people in Russia who are not asking for any of this to happen. Yes. And how do yes, we... Yes, which I was referencing earlier. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. and that... That really sucks because it's like, well, hey, we don't want to let Putin have free reign. But at the same time, we kind of do this with a heavy hand where we realize that, well, you know what? Like, we feel like this is the best course of action. And with the knowledge that we have, it, yeah, it is. However, we also don't think that, um, you know, and because you know they're getting they're getting a lot of the prop same propaganda that they're trying to shove down our throats but like you really expect mm-hmm. us to to listen to that you really expect us to believe that um 
So, uh, so that is kind of the other side of it. Like if there's any empathy, it's like, Hey, like we are making it so much more difficult for people who don't, don't, want, any part of don't this. want any part of this. Uh, we're making their lives more difficult. Now I'm not saying we should just stand down and let him come and sure, bowl over sure, the, sure, the next sure. country. Not at all, but, um, just, uh, you know, uh, empathy is a big, is yeah. a big thing. And I feel like, I, I guess what I'm getting at is in any situation we can find, we can find a place to have, to have empathy. Um, and a big, a big side of knowing what the person on the other side of the argument, um, mm-hmm. is thinking like where they're coming from. You know, one of the, one of the things that I've really learned as a follower of Jesus is that every person you meet is kind of, you know, they've got their own journey they're, they've got the path that God has them on and they have a certain set of, uh, of things that they have, to, they have had to walk out, which we know little to nothing about. Um, mm. and just, uh, just being, just saying like, Hey, like that person is, has had, you know, some tough things in their life and you don't know anything about that. Um, and so that has been, that has been a big, a big thing. Like, you know, the whole, the whole thing of, you know, um, people are fighting a battle and you just don't know what's, you don't know what's happening. And so yeah. um, I would say empathy is a big thing in our house because one, okay. one theme that I see a lot of is, Hey, I know what's right. I have the right answer. Everyone should just listen to me. Right. And it's not, mm. you know, it's not said in those terms, of course, but it's like, that's kind of the attitude behind it. The vibe. And so it's yeah. like, okay, let's take a step back. Let's try to look at this logically and, you know, let's have a, let's have a discussion. And, yeah. um, oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And it, you know, it, it doesn't always work out, but you know, I'd like to think that I'm at least, you know, like coming back to the Socratic method that we're at yeah. least teaching them to think logically. And if they come, if they, if they spend the time, they do the work, and they come out on a different side than I am, I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not here to brainwash them and make them to be sure. little chads run around. That's the last thing we need. <laughs> so Right. No, that's that's good. I think uh, that's something I haven't had a, a good... So I, I use the situation as kind of a current event in class and keep us pretty consistent. Um, but I haven't done as much talking about the Russian people as they probably do. Um, I have mentioned there's been protests. I have mentioned that, you know, there are Russians who are not in support. I have mentioned propaganda that, you know, Russia's pumping propaganda out to their people and shutting down, like, foreign state media, just like we also are pumping out. You know, we're, we are putting a spin on everything as we pump it out to the U.S. people. Um, that's just kind of how it goes. But one of the things I was talking with a friend last night about that, I need to probably bring up with my students is definitely like, as you said, empathy, because I look back and when, when we look at Pearl Harbor and the American response to anybody of an Oriental Asian continent descent here in the country. And if you're listening and you have no idea what I'm talking about, you thought the internment camps in Europe was a really big deal. And it is, the sad reality is when we got bombed in Pearl Harbor is we did something very similar to those people here in the States, even though they did nothing. We had a lot of citizens who were very innocent, but because of a racial 
genetic kind of association, we locked them up or or were very scared of them. And I, I really hope that America doesn't make the same mistake where, no, this is not World War Three, at least not yet, you know, and I don't know how that's going to pan out. Don't ask me, I'm not an expert on any of that kind of stuff. But I really hope we don't see Americans turn on the Russian people who have fought and bled to be here and and we're trying to create a better life for themselves here who are maybe we're escaping something from their home country um and i want to make sure because i especially with and again i don't want to set that ceiling for our our students you know those younger minds those children they do they do have their opinions i but i do feel like there's a tendency for them to be much quicker on the draw to isolate or cast out somebody that they don't agree with especially if they're being told these people are bad um it's even because adults we do it but we do it in that really kind of slick cool like uh cold shoulder kind of way where students just straight up tell you to your face like middle schoolers just be like we don't like you you're not part of us meow um like they're mean Whereas adults are just kind of like, oh, we're going to slowly isolate them from everything. So I, that empathy, that's a really good, That's a, I'm glad you're teaching them that. Because I guess I, in my head I was looking for a response of like, yeah, we're telling Pierce the rundown and Jude we're doing this thing. Uh, but I like that you're encouraging them to even to think through the, empath- the empathetic side of, uh, of Russia, even though there's really not much ground for at least Putin himself to stand on for his reasons. Other than that, I have briefly mentioned the history of it where like Ukraine was once part of the Soviet Union, even to a greater extent, ancient Russia, what used to be the ancient land of Russia. Um, and I've mentioned that he's used that as some of his reasoning. Not that it's a good one, but I have mentioned some of that. So, very cool. Yeah, and with, you know, like I said, with, you know, with Russia and Ukraine, I feel like there's not a whole lot for us to debate when we, I, I, at least in my house, I, I feel like when we're talking about the developments of the day, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there may be some facts that one of us hadn't heard yet that we can talk about or whatever, but there's just, I don't feel like there's a whole lot up for debate. It's like, this guy is trying to come in and take this guy's stuff. And we all know yep. that should not be happening. Um, yep. So. And his reasonings for it aren't very valid, or at least doesn't, to and us, does not seem... And they're changing. Yeah. 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 It's definitely not a war of old. It, it's, well, actually, it, it is a war of old. <laughs> yeah, it's true. If we're being honest, it's it's definitely not a modern style. It, it's, because what is it they said? This is, uh, they haven't seen, it's, oh, when this first occurred, it was the, that's why Europe is in a panic, is because they're like, these guys just broke what is classified as like the modern sovereignty of a nation. And if you look at it throughout history, you haven't seen a nation other than like Germany uh, and world war two, but that used to be how life was done back in like, we're talking the medieval ages and even further back in ancient history when you didn't have clear cut political sovereignty, geopolitical lines you just had different empires and kingdoms who were like, yeah, I'm bigger than you and I want your stuff. So I'm going to take it. You know, now we're in this kind of modern woke, uh, geopolitical age where it's, this is the country and we'd like you to respect our borders, please. And we have all these organizations on our side. And yeah, now Russia's like, yeah, we're going to go as to quote dark side from the Snyder cut. 
we'll we'll resort resort to the old ways as it were so um. yeah i mean if i was gonna bring this back to a dad thing i would say that Which we should <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh you know um whatever the situation is like you were the dad you were the mom and you know your kids better than anyone and the thing you have to balance yes. is i want my kid to be a kid right i want them to maintain some level of like a seeming like innocence kind of a thing right um as long as they can want that to be age appropriate so you're like on one hand and i'm holding my hands up on one hand you want i want the kid to be a kid and on the other hand i'm like well like i also want to begin to involve them in some of these things getting them to think critically getting them to be um right. you know to be to you be them knowing be what's happening per se but the way i guess if i had any finger quote wisdom that would be just you know your kid better than anyone and so try to balance that out the best you can um i think when i was a kid one thing that really just kind of got my goat was that i felt like i didn't have a voice and so in my house one thing is you know when my kids want to talk about something yeah let's talk about it um and if they have an opinion or they want to ask a question like yeah go for it let's you know i want to hear you out so um but yeah that would be um you know that would be That's my good. encouragement for for the parent out there is that you know your kid better than anybody so um you know pray about it you know make sure you got some good counsel in your life but at the end of the day uh god put that kid in your household so do you know do what you think is best to kind of balance that age appropriate you know want to want to not scar my kid for life on one hand but on the other hand it's like i want them to be informed and i want to make sure that we're discipling them and, and bringing them up in the way that we think um you know that we think they should go so i think that's just about all the juice i can squeeze out of that lemon yep i think we're i think we have squeezed it we've made lemonade so i do apologize for the people who are like we're like man this I, I rambled a lot tonight, so I'll go and apologize for that. I feel like I had good intentions and don't know where I ended up with, like, the whole what is true thing. But I was definitely trying to reinforce that idea of, like, exploring both sides. That was my yeah. goal with that, which I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm glad you brought up the empathy. And then, yeah, knowing your kid, you know what they can and cannot handle, and it's it comes down to you as a parent to make that decision, so... Um, but we will, I'm sure this is not the last we'll have of these conversations on having tough conversations, especially as my child starts developing into those stages of life where she is going to ask questions that I'm not prepared for and might be classified as tough. And we're probably not even done talking about Ukraine as that situation develops. I also, you know, my hearts and prayers go out to the families in Ukraine absolutely um i don't want to i don't want us to see the people of ukraine as statistics or numbers the the people helping fight in the, the ukrainian people who stayed behind to fight our fathers our husbands our sons cousins friends they they're you and I just in a very different set of circumstances. And I just don't want us to forget. It's so easy again in that American bubble 
And I try to tell my students this because some of my students are close enough to the age where you get in there a year or two, and if they were living in Ukraine, they'd be drafted. So, um, definitely my hearts and prayers go out to the people of Ukraine and, and even of Russia. Some of those guys, they have no idea. You know, they were fed some stuff and they went in and didn't realize what was going on. So we, we pray for both sides in that case. But, uh, Chad, I think that's all we got for tonight. And uh, wrap it up here. Any last comments, thoughts, rebuttals? I don't think so. I mean, I think the uh, the only thing that's left to say is thank you for tuning in to the Dad Report. Yeah, it's been a blast. I'm excited to see where this goes and weekly updates. And don't forget, you can actually post your own Dad Report to your Instagram tag us and use the hashtag uh the dad report or hashtag tdr or hashtag tdr podcast we'll look for those and we would love to share your own dad report here on the show um that something we can talk about whether it's just to have a laugh or something that we can maybe give insight on or even just maybe you need somebody to outwardly process it for you we'd love to do that for you so make sure you're tagging us on social media interacting with us and yeah that's awesome. Yeah, sounds great. All right. On that note, we out. We out. Thanks, Justin. All right. See you, Chad. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can support us by sharing the show with your friends and family subscribe rate and leave a review want more the dad report follow us on facebook instagram and even join the community over on discord don't forget to send us your dad jokes for a chance to be featured on the show remember the words of billy graham about fatherhood a good father is one of the most unsung unpraised unnoticed and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society so if you are a dad We're cheering you on. If you have a dad, be kind to him. And if you know a dad, tell him about our podcast.